Hello, bleepheads. Sean here. Thank you so much for listening to What the Bleep Are You Playing? We loved bringing you season one, and we're really excited to bring you season two uh, starting at the end of March. In the meantime, here's a special episode of What the Bleep Are You Watching? A podcast where we watch some form of media and tell you why the bleep we watched it. If you enjoy this episode and want to hear more or just to support us, where you can find all the episodes of What the Bleep Are You Watching, all the episodes of What the Bleep Are You Playing, as well as some other episodes of shows that we are going to create in the future, head over to patreon.com slash whatthebleep. Thank you so much. And with that, on with the show. And welcome to What the Bleep Are You Watching? A podcast where we watch a film and tell you why the bleep we watched it. I'm Sean Racer. This is Thomas X and Mason Euler. And we watched... Speed Racer. How you guys doing? I'm doing great. This is going to be a very interesting episode. I'm just now realizing. Oh, it's 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 going to be something. I'm... Because the so it's these two, yeah, these two swear by this movie, like hand on heart as one of the it's like one of the best movies ever. I've only seen prior to the last time we watched this movie, which at the time of this recording was only a few minutes ago. Prior to now. I had only seen this movie, like, once. I was younger, and I did not like it. So that was that was my only prior experience, and I never watched the show growing up, never watched the Next Generation show after that. Had no prior connection to Speed Racer whatsoever, apart from owning a few of the toys. Which will be interesting, simply, that you as a kid didn't like this, because a lot of times the main complaint of this movie is it's too much for kids. I could, yeah, I can. I that can is see was that. one of the big complaints about it. Yeah, again, specifically, I say again, we just started, but Squirt, Squirt, I'm just gonna call him Squirt because I forget his damn name. Squirt and Chim Chim, specifically, are very much like, oh yeah, this movie was made for kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think there is an element of this movie that it is the first directed movie from the Wachowskis, post Matrix. Yes, that's right. So there was a lot of probably unearned and incorrect expectations for this film because they hadn't done really done uh, something of their own aside from what they worked on V for Vendetta uh, in 2005. Mm-hmm. So, and so this was kind of their first return to directing after the Matrix trilogy and the sequels had come out. Which was 2003 yes. is when this came out, right? Because yes. they came out six months apart. So I got. I guess I should probably get get this out of the way because I've been I've been holding my because usually after the movie ends, we kind of talk a little bit about our thoughts. I've been keeping my cards close to my my chest prior to this recording. So I I ju- just want to get my get my thoughts out of the way on this. Um, it takes a lot, and I do mean a lot, for me to consider a movie unwatchable. For the most part, that was this movie. Not the, not entirely, but like the the racing especially. 
was just un it was so hard to watch this movie. It gave me a headache. <laughs> Mason has never been more wrong in their entire life. I would like That's to echo that sense. sentiment, Mason. This is probably the most wrong you've been. But I will give you this. I can see because of working in the theater industry when this came out, we did have to put up warnings about seizures and things like that. The colliding and the colorings, I can see why a headache would be could exist from it. It, it kind of felt... You know that feel like... Have you guys ever done those those 4D ride things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where you get in and you put the glasses in. You know the feeling that you get when you're done watching that? That's what I felt like watching that. I felt like I needed to get go grab my sunglasses to watch this. I'm going to say this in, uh, in the biggest compliment I can give for this movie. This is not a detriment to this movie. This movie is a kaleidoscope. Yeah, and you know, I was I was think I was thinking about what you what you said before this about how the stylization and the way this movie looks is a feature, not a bug. Mm -hmm. And I can look at that, and I can understand that, and I can understand that the style of this movie was a stylistic choice, and I can look at that and still be like, I don't like the stylistic choice all that much. And that's fine. That might just not be your thing. It, it just it just mm. wasn't my now. Credit where it's due, the more, I guess, I guess you can call them slower parts, no pun intended, of the movie where they, where there wasn't, where they weren't racing, and it was just, like, any, all of the non-racing scenes I thought were perfectly fine, if not pretty good, because I think the, the chemistry between all the characters is great, and, and all that, it's just when they start doing the racing that I just... It, this it is just, becomes harder to watch. This is just interesting because, you know, uh, having weathered a lot of the complaints over the years, because I am of, of the crew of the podcast here, I am the only one that day one liked this movie. I watched yeah. it in theaters, and day one, I loved this film. Yeah, we have kind of a balance here. Sean liked it from day one. Mason didn't like it, still doesn't. Or, I don't know. Maybe it's a bit more complicated. I, well, I, I, I like it more than I did when I first watched it, but I still didn't. Okay, we just got to keep forcing Mason to watch it every week for the rest of his life, and then, then... And then eventually they'll get they'll like it through Stockholm Syndrome. Exactly. I did not like this movie when I first watched it. Mm -hmm. I kind of agreed with Mason. I thought it was a kaleidoscope. I thought it was too bothersome to watch. But for some reason, I felt the need... I think it was because I saw like a couple clips and people saying, oh no, this movie's actually really good. And I was like, no, it's not. You're full of it. So I, it was on HBO Max for a little while. I put it on, I watched it. And my first words after the movie were, oh shit, that movie kind of fucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, I, I'm very much in the, from the beginning, very much in the camp of, of, of liking this movie. I'm, I'm one of the cult following that considers this misunderstood. Uh, and I think that has grown with me, uh, which will be really interesting when we get to our final two questions, because I will ex kind of explain why this movie has grown with me, mm -hmm. uh, especially as it portrays to as more films have been, uh, the way films have gone from then. But it is very interesting. This film came out in 2008. Uh, it was the week after Iron Man. So this came out right after the MCU started. It was a little bit before Dark Knight came out. So dark and edgy, dark and edgy. Yeah. Uh, it was also two weeks before Indiana Jones uh, Who came back. Who decided the 
day that the, the who decided when this movie should have come out? Warner Brothers. That, Warner Brothers. That was and a well, mistake. He, well, here's the thing. It was expected because obviously the Wachowskis, it was going to be a big summer blockbuster hit, and everyone in the industry misjudged what Iron Man was going to be. No one thought Iron no Man. No one was thought crazy. it was. It was going to open the summer. It'll probably do fine. It's a superhero movie, but everyone because it was actually supposed to come out two weeks later, and they pushed it up because they wanted to get away from Indiana Jones. Because everyone in the industry coming in that year said, "All right." This summer, there's there's movies that could be sleepers and there's things like that that we, we're pretty sure this Batman Begins sequel is going to do well. But everybody knows that the juggernaut this year is Indiana Jones, The Crystal Skull. No one is going to dispute this going to be bigger. It's not going to be the, it's the biggest movie by far. It was either two or three that year, but it fell quite short to The Dark Knight. And Iron Man 2, Iron Man was right behind it uh, or right ahead of it. So, like, that is partly why the move up was, was to, because um, usually especially in the post-Iron Man world, uh, that first weekend Marvel used to have. First weekend of May would be a Marvel movie. The second weekend usually is a some form of counter-programming. It's usually a comedy, a rom-com, uh, sometimes an animated movie, something that is a little bit different to avoid the audiences. And people that would be coming into a Wachowski film probably were more interested in going into the, this new cool Iron Man movie. Right. Um, so... They, they had that going against it. It also, compared to a lot of films, I mean, this only, this cost $120 million, you know, which is, you know, low-end, big budget these days. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's not like it cost a ton, but they did spend a lot of money on it. And, and you can the marketing tell. is not you amazing. Uh, if you go back and you watch some of the, the trailers, the trailers aren't, they're not bad, but they're not great. Uh, so the marketing on this movie wasn't always the best. And so, yeah, that, that's probably why coming into it, they maybe a little overvalued what they thought they were going to be getting. And, and I, then the reviews were not kind. And I think part of it also, because, like, Speed Racer was... was the original cartoon started off in the 60s. Yes. There was a brief revival in the 90s, was it? I believe so. I believe so, yes. That... I don't know if it was quite as popular as the as mm -hmm. the show in the '60s. So you you kind of got to think like how many people in 2008 mm -hmm. were really excited for because like, they were banking on the Wachowski name. Yeah, that that really had to be because like because mm -hmm. like I don't think Speed Racer as a franchise is forgotten media or anything, but it's definitely not a Ninja Turtles no. or. Anything or, like that. Or a Batman. Or yeah. a Batman, especially. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm thinking more specifically like cartoon franchises. It is, like it's definitely not the biggest. It is interesting that you could say at the time, though, in back-to-back -back weeks, that would you, though, say going into that summer, you're like, oh, well, you know, Speed Raider maybe isn't the super popular thing, but is Iron, Iron Man? Man? That's fair. So, like, that's a, yeah, that's fair. That's, I, I that's, that's fair. something that so, really so, changed in the uh, years now post-2008. Yeah, Post a uh, pre MCU Iron Man was a C tier character. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nobody cared about Iron Man, and if you say you did, you're lying. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, then you, probably if you cared about it, it's because you liked the song. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, that's exactly know, what. It. If, funny, funny thing about it is somewhere out there, there is a universe where Iron Man bombed and Speed Racer launched the uh, SR 
EU. A universe I wish I was in. CU, I mean. <laughs> uh, what would that even look like? What else could Speed Racer tie into? I think it would have spawned more. If Speed Racer had been a success, if we were to look down a branching path, it just would have spawned more of the very stylized anime-esque films. Mm. Uh, yeah. Because, remember, we're coming off the success of Transformers as well. So... Yeah. Studios were giving shots at cartoons. There would be, even though it was animated, we would get an animated Astro Boy. Uh, yeah, that's right. I think right. a year or two God later. I think that was 2010. That. It was either 2010 2009. or 2009. It was 2009, so a year later. So there, there, there are, studios were giving shots at some of these cartoons because Transformers had been a huge success. And I think if, I think if this had been more successful... Buckle it with the Transformers movies. I think we would have had a Gundam movie by now. That's just my. Fair enough. That's probably what. Fair enough. Yeah, more probably. spawns out of it. Um, what do you mean? We got Pacific Rim. They crashed into the Gundam Museum in that movie, and we got one Gundam <laughs> at the end, and we get one Gundam at the end of uh, Ready Player One. So. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, this movie was not received well, and uh, and. As much as I love this movie, mm-hmm. you can see why. Yes. Especially back in 2008. I hate to sound like kind of a higher than thou. Oh, well, they just blah, blah, blah. They didn't get it. Not, not that, but a lot of things I say they weren't ready for. Mm-hmm. It because imagine if this movie came out now. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, and I think with the, with the things that they were trying to do... I. I don't think 2008 was ready for this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm saying. I think that if this had gotten released in like 2018 or something like that. When the technology later, was actually there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think then people would have been like, oh, what the fuck? This rules. But yeah. Cause that's, one of my, that's one of my biggest issues with the effect. Like, the effects aren't bad. They, they, they're just there yet for what they were trying to do with this, with this. like they're passable I guess mm-hmm. they're, they're fine they're fine but if you like they're, they're, you you can get by and realize that everything obviously you know going into it everything is an effect for the most part aside from people and items yeah. that they're interacting with for the most part but uh, unless you look close you're not gonna really like everything just like oh yeah that's a car and I have no problem believing that that's a car but it is meant because they leaned heavily into the colors and the stylization uh, it is very much a live-action cartoon. And, like, going going into the effects... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Keep uh, speak, speaking of the effect, man, they really cranked up the saturation in this movie. Yes. It is so very bright. And, like, I get that that's part of the style, but that was another thing that made me go, like, should I go grab my sunglasses <laughs> to watch this? It is such a bright movie. Maybe that's why I liked this movie the second time I watched it, not mm-hmm. so much the first. Because, again, I hate to sound like kind of one of those modern cinema doesn't get it, but take a look at the trailer for the Little Mermaid reboot. Mm. And look at how just fucking dark and gray and bland as shit. Devoid of colors. And that's a lot of movies. It is. Know? So I guess it's because it was around 2020 when I watched this movie again. Mm-hmm. So that was right peak, gray as hell uh, movies. So I w- watched this and I'm like, oh shit, the color. <laughs> it it very got, much is. There's got to be a middle ground, right? There, there, There is a middle ground, but 
for look, for I prefer my, my movies to be crazy colorful than. I was gonna uh, say for my money, I, I lean towards more towards the especially my side. action movies. My action movies need to be more colorful. This this movie is like the polar opposite of a Zack Snyder movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's really the polar opposite of Fan Four Stick. Yeah. Oh scene, yeah. Because that movie legit very dark and no one turns on a goddamn light in that movie. Yeah. And this one, everyone has their lights on. Uh, Get it headlights racing. Ha ha. But oh yeah. Let's uh, let's dive into this movie a little bit here and let's go through uh, what we watched here. So the movie opens with. Immediately, you know you're getting crazy colors, kaleidoscopy things as the logos are spinning around, and immediately you know you're in for a, a very colorful, crazy movie. Yeah, with uh, uh, with a remix of the Speed Racer theme in the mm-hmm. background, which you're gonna hear a lot. Michael uh, Michael Giacano, who did the soundtrack and soundtrack is great in this, remixes that theme so many different times throughout he, the movie. Did he really do the soundtrack? Yeah. yeah. Wow. He, yeah. yeah that's, that's the guy who did the Batman. See, that's interesting to me because I feel like normally when big composers do scores, you, they're kind of memorable. I didn't really notice them. Maybe it's because I was focusing too much on the movie itself. You had your, uh, yeah, one sense. Uh, this My actually, retinas were burning too much this to This actually the, was kind of Giacchino's first step out of not being J.J. Abrams' personal uh, composer. Uh, uh, yeah. He'd done movies for J.J. Abrams. Um, <laughs> and, he, you know, Mission Impossible 3. He would do Star Trek the next year. And Lo- his big thing was Lost at the point. He had, he had done Lost and a couple of other things. But this was this was really his first big movie uh, that he came out and composed. Or at least the first one I remember him doing a lot of it. Because it would be a few years before uh, he would do Up. Which, mm, you yeah. know... Is yeah, the one that really started to get him recognized. Yeah. And and I'll admit, maybe it's because I have seen this movie several times, so my senses weren't as overloaded. I did listen to the score. I think the score slaps. I love I the, think score. the score. Slaps. The score is really good on this. Uh, Specifically, a certain scene at the end we'll get to. Mm-hmm. So. so we open up on speed. Uh, he is tapping his feet. He is tapping his fingers. He is uh, clearly 80-something or another. As he just <laughs> is not enjoying school. No, no, he has 85 HD. <laughs> yes. um, Again, this is mostly going to be me and Sean gushing about this movie and then Mason going, I didn't like it. But <laughs> I don't mean to insult. I'm just... No, 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 no. That's, you know, that's an accurate, accurate but, representation. But this does such a good job of immediately it illustrates... Who speed mm-hmm. is. immediately illustrates speed through this opening scene where we have uh, we have uh, the teacher interviewing uh, his mom. We immediately get a neat introduction of the relationship of his mom to uh, him and everything. His relate speed's relationship to racing uh, as he can't focus in class and he's driving around like crazy. And it quickly cuts to Speed Racer getting ready for a race, uh, and he uh, is getting ready for a race. And it's going off, and he's, he's, he's running fast. And as it does, it cuts back in flashbacks. Some back to this classroom, where he leaves the classroom and jumps in with his brother, uh, Rex. Uh, who, he immediately, you see, he has a very, very close attachment to him. You see uh, him learning racing as Rex lets young speed drive uh, these dangerous tracks. Uh, as, it, as it goes back and forth between the actual race he's running and that we also get to see uh, flashbacks to his dad. As we introduce his dad, we introduce his girlfriend, Trixie. And in a lot of ways, we introduce kind of the whole crux of the, the, this family is bonded together over one thing. Racing. Yeah, which 
everybody makes fun of the Fast and Furious movies for being all about family. This is the car movie that's all about family. <laughs> like, yeah. genuinely, the main crux of this movie is family rules. Like, and family it's li- and it's rad. literal family too. Which yeah. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like, well, I mean, Trixie girlfriend. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Trixie. But also, Sparky I, and Chim Chim are not technically family. But oh, was, Sparky's just Spark- kind of there. Sparky's there, but oh, yeah. Sparky. Yeah, I was thinking of Spritel. I was thinking of Sprite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, at this point, uh, as we get sorry, you flashbacks. Speed is. We learn that Speed, as he is winning this race, is not really racing the other competitors at this point. He's so far ahead. He's racing the lap time, the record lap time, and um, we learn that that is Rex's lap time, and we start to get flashbacks more with his dad as well and see that Rex got into some trouble in the past uh, as he was offered, as we learn later, he was offered deals and he refused deals, and then he was basically... He, he was eliminated assassinated. From racing. And yeah, he was then, and then he left the family, and we see a scene with uh, uh, John Goodman playing Pops, who uh, basically tells him, if you leave, you're not a part of this family anymore. And he still leaves, gets on his race, and, uh, and, and, and dies. Yeah, quote-unquote dies. Mm-hmm. So we see that there is a... Uh, spoilers. <laughs> like, we're not spoiling this whole guy. That's because like we're not spoiling the whole movie. Uh, uh, so I, I, what I love about this whole opening act and this whole opening scene that we have here is it's, it's, it's showing a race and through flashbacks and really good editing... Uh, I know that there are some people who don't like like the floating heads coming through and things like that. I actually, for the stylization, really like that in this movie. I uh, I, I like it. It does get a little overwhelming <clears throat> when it's like every scene, but for the most part, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I will say there were a couple of, not like this one specifically, but there were a few scenes where you were going like, that's such good editing, and I'm over here like, what the hell are you talking about? This is giving me more editing. It is, it is inc- like I said, as someone who has dabbled in simple editing but has grown up around editors my entire life, the editing in this movie is just so good. As the race is continuing on, Speed is, it looks like, is actually going to beat Rex, and at the last minute, he slows down a bit, and Rex keeps, the Rex's record stays intact. That he is basically, he is not, basically in essence symbolism for the movie's sake, that he's not ready to pass his brother. He's not ready to take on his brother's mantle at this point. Okay, I was about to say that that wasn't really explained all that much. It, uh, why he kept the, the it's record kind of, the same. Well, remember at this point he thinks Rex is dead. That's mm-hmm. also the last he's thing honoring, he has He's not going to, yeah, That's it's his fair. last thing is Rex, That's but fair. also for symbolism in the movie's sake, it is literally basically saying... Speed is not quite there to take on what his brother took on. See, Sean's the one who analyzes this movie's like symbolism and deeper meanings. I'm like, I like the Predatalos. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you meatwad from? Because <laughs> uh, that's the voice that I thought of. I <laughs> At this point, we have a uh, quick ominous shot of Matthew Fox, uh, who... We don't know his character yet. Basically, saying that uh, he is going to be the best. <laughs> yep. Uh, we're so, with the lady saying he's going to be very he's, good. No, he's going, going to, be to be the best. <laughs> As Matthew Ma- Fox plays his best Batman in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We get to uh, a shot of uh, that's a good morning, basically in the the racer residence. Yeah. Uh, Which people sitting around the table. Uh, Sparky reading the newspaper too long. There's a cute scene with uh, uh, Susan Sarandon plays mom in this, and uh, 
there's a cute scene all the time where Sparky keeps reading the newspaper too far and getting to the depressing parts. <laughs> <laughs> like Sparky. Uh, Cut it the fuck out. <laughs> Which, yeah, let's... My favorite character... I gush about Speed, and later on I'll gush about other characters. My favorite character in this movie... I mean, it was revealed a scene ago. It's John Goodman. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it could be because John Goodman is genuinely one of my favorite actors, period, but... I love John Goodman in this movie, and just every scene he's in, he nails. Yes. Uh, he's really good. In John Goodman, there are a few people who aren't quite sure what the tone of this movie needs to be, and they don't quite buy in 100% to it, so some of the acting sometimes comes off a little there. I think sometimes Christina Ricci's performance comes a little uh, there, because I... A little bit. A little else. bit. She's fine, but like she's not bad, but like there's a little bit uh, coming there, but John Goodman knows what movie he's in, and he... John, John Goodman buys it. John Goodman, uh, Emil Hirsch, the, the guy who plays Royalton, those are some uh, of the people uh, that, that Matthew just... Matthew Fox, I don't Matthew Fox, no, uh, like... Even, even the mom, I'd say. Yeah, Susan Sarandon, the guy who plays Sparky, there's people who just... Really, everyone through. except Trixie. And, and it's not that she's bad. It's she, not that she's bad, yeah. I uh, also like the, the two... The, the brother and sister, the 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 uh, oh, the, the, the the Asian brother uh, and sister, Tejo, 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 and, and uh, Hiroko, Hiroko. Hiroko. Yes. Uh, they kind of feel a little like in that, a different movie at times. At times, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, but also, fair, so, the, the year after this, the actor who played Tejo would play a very different movie in Ninja Assassin. The uh, the thing about this movie also is that has come that is it's the best at this, but there is a. I will say that not necessarily a problem, but definitely something that can make it uneven at times that exists in this is you are trying to comprise, you know, almost a hundred episodes into a two hour movie, uh, you know. And so sometimes that because you do that, the tone sometimes shifts because episodes are going to be different. Yeah, we yeah. see this a lot in and done a lot worse, in my opinion, in things like Valerian or uh, oh, uh, yeah. uh, Alita Battle Angel. That are comprising tons of either issues of manga or uh, uh, episodes. Mm, absolutely. We at this point we are introduced to how that Trixie basically immediately just is in a happy relationship with Speed. This movie is not concerned with doing any special which, uh, like falling in love stuff. They from the beginning we are introduced these two are in love. Which for me I'm not really a fan of romantic stuff in movies. It's not. It's not that it's ever bad, it's just more often than not, it's... It's just there sometimes. It's just there. To move the plot, and yeah, that's not, that's here, not this movie's not... I was going to say, that. here I like that Trixie and Speed already are in a relationship. They don't spend time building it up, it's just legit, they are already in a relationship. And I so appreciate that. Not only, not only do I appreciate that, I also appreciate that there's no, like... Halfway point breakup between yes. them, where I, he does something yeah, that, mm-hmm. I do. that, or or one or the other, that they end up fighting and then yeah, they break up they, for a little while. I'm so happy that yes, they, that they is, did that. This movie actually avoids a lot of cliches. Mm-hmm. Like we'll get to it later, but specifically the whole thing with the corporation, I yeah, it avoids a big cliche there. We'll get to. Uh, so there's there's an, what feels like an earthquake, but it turns out is just a jet now being parked out in front, a jet helicopter thing being parked out in front of their. Uh, yeah, what the hell was that thing? <laughs> anime. <laughs> uh, being parked out in front of their house, a wonderful <laughs> British gentleman has decided to intrude on their breakfast. Who even the characters are immediately like, oh, this guy's the bad guy. Yeah, like, this guy's uh, a dick. I made my note on it. Look, it's an evil man pretending not to be evil. 
You did. You also brought up when he when he brought when he came in that like the the Wachowskis always make their villains British. It's, it very seems like that the British man is bad in a lot of their funny. movies. I think um, that's really funny. I, I didn't realize it until you brought it up. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, British people are. Evil. Especially, I mean, V for Vendetta. While they didn't officially direct it, they did work on it. I, I know like that, but I was like, that is a British film, you know. But. I, mean, I was gonna say literally, friggin' everyone in that movie's British, but. John heard such a dick in that movie. That just, I just always of, think of like their villains making monologues. I'm like, that's a British dude that's making it. Uh, uh, but even when they don't sound British, like Hugo Weaving, he is kind of our, our bad guy, Royalton. Sweet talks mom about pancakes and how secret ingredient. Pops is clearly suspicious, and uh, Sprite will make sure that he has his eye on him with Jim Jim. Uh, but which uh, again, Spraddle and Jim Chim, I don't hate them. I don't hate their. They're characters. a little. They're, they're a little much at times. Is the thing. Yeah, but I mean, they have enough funny parts that I don't really care. But there, there are parts where I'm like, okay. You, you'll notice that sometimes when directors who direct primarily rated our films do something more kid oriented, at some point that they'll a lot of times go over the top with one character. Yeah. Uh, I've seen this uh, several times in different things. Like, okay, a little bit. Oh, we're making a kid's movie, so we need to have a kid character. Uh, right. We need the. Yeah. We need, we we need, need our judge, our Binks. The comic mm-hmm. relief. Basically. Yes. Uh, there, there was an element and, to that at and times. I, mean, I like Sprite a hell of a lot more than I like Jar Jar, but yeah. That's fair. Basically, Evil Man well, says, uh, come and join my family. I want to show you my family. Because he's going to offer Speed this great deal to be a part of uh, his racing team. Uh, even though they're all suspicious, they go along and they go to uh, his big city giant factory. And it's, it, you know, it seems like the when they're looking around, where they're given the tour of the of their uh, big factory facility place, that, I, that I, it's moments like that, especially where I think of myself, this movie just looks like this looks like a Robert Rodriguez movie got a bigger budget in some places. They this, look, this looks like Spy Kids with a million dollars. There, there are some weird like there are some really silly scene transition movements and different things as they're showing all of. And I think part of it is to stylize things that are kind of darker actually that exist, but kind of stylize them with a with a. Not necessarily funny, but like a smile, like cartoony twist on it. Because, you know, he's really torturing those racers, like, to get them into shape and things like that. And yeah. so, like, but making things a little more cartoony, cheating, that there's, it's all, it's just a, a it's a, it's a cartoon uh, a coat of paint on an evil corporation. But John Goodman's not impressed. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he does a lot of that. I think we counted, I think it was at, like, eight by the time the movie ends of just grunts. Yeah. Uh, but he puts on the full tour and this is when uh, he introduced, we get introduced to uh, Cannonball Taylor, uh, the biggest racer on their team. Uh, and he tells Speed basically, well, if you want to win that, and he points to trophies, this is where you need to be. Uh, basically setting up a final race uh, that, hey, this is the guy to beat. Basically, our, our, our Royalton takes us to take them all up. Speed gets some new clothes. Royalton tries to, you know, put the moves on uh, Mom and Pops. Uh, and John Goodman basically says people with money are not going to play by the rules. Yeah, you brought you you said you said this early on. This movie hates rich people. Yes, we really hates rich, rich people. people. But uh, you know, uh, two thousand eight, the Wachowskis, pretty pretty uh, uh, 
saw the, the the future there. They were pretty. They were before the the curve. I mean, it wouldn't be all the, our movies are they were ahead, like fuck rich people. It, it they were ahead be, of the curve on that. It wouldn't be a movie from Lily and Lana Wachowski if they weren't philosophizing in some way. This movie tones down the philosophy of most of their movies a lot, but it does keep a lot of the social economic statuses that they uh, are trying to talk about which and might, the issues that they like to talk which, about. Which might be <laughs> very hot take probably here. This might be the one thing I say that pisses Sean off more than anything Mason says. This is my favorite Wachowski movie. I no, like I, this more than The Matrix. Interesting. I, I, mean, I love and The Matrix, and I, I look. I am unabashedly a Wachowski fan. I eat up their silly philosophy BS, but uh, and I, I, but I love this film, so I have no problem putting this high up on the list. And, and I think why I like this movie more than other Wachowski movies is because there's no scene again. The Matrix, good movie. But there are scenes where they will just stop yes. and talk about philosophy. And if you're interested in that, that's fine. But a lot of times I'm like, oh my god. This goes back more to what they did well in The Matrix, which was keep everything moving. Which yeah. is something that they struggle with at times in their films, especially The Matrix sequels. But it's, it, it's also a little present there in Cloud Atlas. Uh, Jupiter Ascending's more along this line. Uh, but, you know... They sometimes stop to let people talk instead of having things going on while people are talking, which is why the, you know, the going back to the first scene is so good at setting the table because no, but nothing, the nothing stops. It tells the story while continuing through everything and letting things that your eyes are watching the story unfold more than being told the story unfolding. Right. What would you guys say if I told you this is the only Wachowski movie I've ever seen? I'm kind of surprised, but you know. <laughs> Realizing Mason's movie, uh, watching I'm, habits sometimes and opinions, it doesn't surprise I've me. seen like the first 30 minutes of The Matrix, and I've also seen bits and pieces of Jupiter Ascending. That's in this. That is uh, the extent of my Wachowski knowledge. There is, uh, okay. <laughs> basically, we get some pretty good, pretty good and quick cuts, uh, from, uh, Happy Royalton basically giving Speed a week to make a decision to suddenly. We are introduced to Tejo, who is being interrogated by the mob. Yeah, yeah, just, they, they, like they don't they don't do anything fancy with it. It's just it's, the it's mob. Just it's cut. just the mob, and it's it's a, it's the cartoon it's, style it's, mob. It's Mason said the joke like rattle him, boys. I was gonna say Mason made the joke like five times watching this movie, and it was funny every time because <laughs> that's, that's what, what it, they were that's doing. That's what it is. It's. I, I also made the joke, it's Bugsy and Muggsy from the uh, old Looney Tunes yes. cartoons. That's what they are. Uh, they are interrogating him in the back of a giant truck with piranhas, uh, and they are basically going to take his hands because he is no longer wanting to drive for them anymore, or do do be basically their hitman uh, in the races, taking out people on the ride. He wants, he wants to win stuff, uh, which we'll learn why a little bit later. Uh, but they're going to use piranhas to eat his hands. Uh, but don't worry... Racer X is here. Dun, da, da, da. And this is our first introduction to Racer X as he comes, and he is literally the most serious person in this movie. Uh, yeah. As he comes in the Batmobile, I mean his race car, uh, and takes down. It straight uh, up is like the Burton Batmobile, even like it has the machine guns on the front. It's like, that's the Burton ass Batmobile. There's a really cool <laughs> shot as the he's driving backwards as the truck is driving forwards, shooting rockets and he's shooting the rockets out and you've got really cool colors, both uh, yellow and red usage. Yeah, there was there was one point where it showed like a side view of the truck and the car driving backwards, mm -hmm. facing it, and it was just in red. And I was, I was kind of looking at it like, 
that was a choice. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, I I will say uh, one of my favorite little bits of this entire scene because it's a really it's a good action sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite little bits is that if you're paying attention or not, uh, it's kind of obvious, but I missed it the first time. I might be dumb. Uh, when Razor X shoots the back, it forms an X. Mm-hmm. So I didn't notice that. Yep. Yeah, it, I I didn't the first time I watched it again. I was probably too busy being like my us, but uh, but uh, watching it the second time, my eyes were more adjusted. I noticed it. I was like, oh, that's right as hell. <laughs> we get uh, then Racer X and Taijo in a serious uh, Taijo. I said Taijo in a serious conversation uh, where basically he's like, you need you know you need justice, and he's like, I don't believe in justice. And then Racer X tells him to politely get out of his car. <laughs> Yeah, he all but shoves him out, basically. <laughs> Get out of his car. Basically, like, when you're ready to come here and actually do things. When you're mature. Uh, you'll learn about it when you're older. You'll, <laughs> you, yeah, you'll, you'll, learn, you'll learn about justice when you're older. Now get out of my cartoony-ass car. <laughs> uh, we get quickly cut to Speed and Trixie having a romantic getaway where uh, Trixie is concerned that Speed is going to take the deal, uh, and Speed... Just is talking about really wanting to win. They get all romantic and gooey. Trixie wants to be treated more romantically and wants a kiss at the end of a race. Uh, and then they're about to practice. And once again, uh, this movie's a kids' movie, so Spridal has to be in the back of the trunk. <laughs> well, that does that does bring up an interesting point. The car that they're in, it's built for racing. Why the hell does it need a trunk? Anime. Anime. What? <laughs> you can't just hide behind. The the anime, anime argument the whole time <laughs> because in the anime <laughs> the trunk is important for people to keep hiding in. Okay, you want to know the Jesus. actual reason? In the in the anime, and I believe in the actual like Mach five or six uh, blueprints, uh, it is a compartment for emergency stashes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That Not makes really. Sense. I'm totally pulling that out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and Mason believed it. We'll take it. Damn. Uh, and then there's. I, I laugh every time at it, but like instead of being like Spritel, get out of the trunk, uh, Speed's like I'm gonna take you home and just shut him in. Shuts the door on his head. As See, Spritel is begging for ice cream. That's what I mean when I say I don't hate Spritel because he's still very funny in the movie, or at least contributes to funny mm-hmm. scenes. Speed goes to tell his decision to Royalton, uh, and he's coming all nicely and politely, and he tells a story basically about how uh, after his brother died. His dad just wasn't really into racing and that he and his dad watched the 43rd Grand Prix and, uh, you know, a, a tape of it and, and just started cheering on it like it was live. And that's how they bonded and started getting, he got him back into racing and how they're getting there. And he's like, I would rather, you know, be with my family and I'm not going to, basically not going to sell out, you know. Uh, thank you for this, but uh, I'm going to do it my way. And, uh, and then, sorry. Go ahead. And then Royalton is basically like, ha. Ah. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah, Let me yeah. explain to you why you're a fucking idiot. Basically like, saying racing's about money. It's not about racing. I don't need it. I have money. It, it, basically, he t- uses... There, there's a, a scene in V for Vendetta when uh, the guy says, uh, uh, all you've got is your fancy knives and karate. We've got guns. And basically, this is, you've got your fancy cars and drivers. We've, we've got, got money. money. This yeah. is, it's, he, yeah, he straight up goes, yeah, you know that you know that race that got your dad back in racing and was this big happy moment for you? Surprise, it was fixed. Yeah, he drops the bomb that it was all fixed. Basically, 
basically, this guy probably does the most to fuck with speed. Because mm-hmm. he just tears down his entire army. Destroys his world for him. Destroys yeah. everything that he believed in at that point. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that role was meant for Tim Curry. <laughs> I would not be surprised. I would, they, but basically saying, like, the races are fixed, but also this Grand Prix that you remember about, the most important thing of it was a guy who didn't finish the second lap. Because when he he destroyed yeah, it, trade changed stock prices, and the head of that company of that car ended up buying stuff up and now owns everything. Yep. And... So basically saying, like, so it's all there, so you sign that contract. Which Speed is like, no, I'm not going to. Which then he basically says, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go to this next race because you're going to prove me wrong. But you're not going to prove me wrong. And then I'm going to come for your family. All while he's saying this and it's still going on, we start getting those same, like, that first scene flashback to the race that's going on next. Except in this case, it's more of a flash forward. Mm -hmm. Which is my personal favorite edit in the movie. Mm -hmm. Because it starts turning and I thought it was just going to be another, it's going for everything. But then it starts getting faster and faster, and it turns the speed lines as it goes into speed in the race. Mm-hmm. And that was the one edit where I was like, okay, that was cool as shit. Not going to lie, when that scene started, I thought there was going to be a twist where, like, when we were watching the flash forwards, that's not actually what was happening. That's just what, what the saying? rich guy wanted to uh, happen. But no, that is what happened. In this race in Fuji, uh, we also are introduced to the first time of Racer X actually racing, and he is taking guys out left and right uh, and being called a very dirty player. Uh, because I, he's uh, truly benevolent towards good and evil. Yeah, uh, that he. Uh, I forgot his nickname, but he, he has a he has like a a, a a WWE style nickname. I think it was like the dirtiest driver in the game. Or there was something like that, but yeah, like things like that. Uh, which Speed sounds- does not finish the race. He gets uh, spear hooked, which is an item. Uh, a basically what it is. It's a hook on the bottom of the car that latches on, uh, and he crashes. Which you know, I was thinking about that that scene. And when the when the when the spear hook like is first getting used, and it, I kid you not, takes this it takes everyone in this movie until the very end to figure out what's going on with these things. When it is blatantly obvious that something this that something is going on with the cars, and well, nobody's is, like, hmm, it's got to be there must be something under the car. Let's go look. This is the thing on it, and this is why this scene is important, and why they actually show the spear hook in here. Because all up until that, we've had racing as this glorified thing. It's as Speed says, my religion. It's our family's religion. It's how we live. It's what we do. And in the scene where we see the first of cheating and things like that actually happening, is because at the time Royalton's like, no. It's all rigged. We can people can cheat and do these things, and no one's gonna do anything about it. Yeah, and that's be- where this race is more about showing of like, okay, we are deconstructing what Speed uh, believes in at this point, and he's trying to in this race he's coming here to fight and say, I'm going to uh, prove you wrong, and everything is proven right in that. Uh, yeah, essentially the race is rigged. That's yeah. why no one notices. Uh, and that's- the only race that isn't rigged is. The qualifier that Speed does to get in, which happens later, and the final race, because Speed wasn't supposed to be in there. Uh-huh. Right. Well, I mean, I think it was even supposed to be rigged, but it was rigged in a different way, not, you know, Speed changes it, yeah. Right. And that's why it changes it from the rig. But, uh, yeah, and so, uh, a, a very fancy lawyer uh, comes in and uh, basically tells uh, Speed's family that they are, uh, that their parts, their basically are using, uh, breaching contracts and uh, will be seen in court and have to decide whether they're going to be shut oh, down. Oh, yeah, they're getting sued for, like, IP mm-hmm. yeah. something. Yeah. Again, none of this movie is actually about car racing. This is actually about a lot of other things. <laughs> yeah. 
Surpri- surprise, surprise, a lot like speed, uh, like Fast and Furious. Uh, um, but this one is a little more subtle than some of the Fast and Furious things. I, Somehow. I was going to say, I, I, I made the joke like halfway through this movie. It's like, is it sad that this is still less over the top than F9? <laughs> At this point, Speed Racer's kind of broken. And uh, we get a great scene with uh, his mom sitting down with him. And basically saying, what you do out there, you know, it takes my breath away. And even when he says it's fake, you know, it's all, you know, rigged. And she's like, but no, you, you are different. Speed is the Messiah, guys. Don't worry. Speed, this is Racing Speed, Jesus here. Speed Racer is the one. <laughs> uh, racing Jesus here. Hmm, the Wachowskis directed this, you said. Uh, Mr. Racer, it's so nice to see you. There's we then a knock at the door. You. And, uh... Uh, the inspector detector who uh, is my favorite character <laughs> because valid, that is an valid. amazing name and he also dresses fantastically I love it and also Razor X in full like uniform because he dresses like a badass detective he does yeah. and then uh, yeah Razor X comes in in full uniform because he doesn't take his mask off because otherwise his enemies will uh, know who he is him and they can get down. look it's, it's comic book logic <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and they basically present an op- uh, an option to speed to come uh, race in these big crazy cross country race uh, because uh, Team Taijo Te- 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 uh, is trying to is going to wants to win uh, and not be uh, the mafia's hitman anymore and he will turn over basically all the files on the mafia that will then connect to Royalton mm-hmm. and they're trying to take down Royalton so uh, immediately Pops is like nope. You aren't doing that. That's where I lost my other son. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. Because they bring up a cross country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where Rex died. And that's is... where Rex died, and so the family says no. Speed says no, even at, even hesitantly, uh, and so they leave. Speed and Trixie then basically talk, uh, and and Speed's like, "I need to do this," basically, and Trixie's like, "Well, you can use me as an excuse. Let's go skiing," <laughs> which made. Does lead to probably my favorite, whatever the hell his name is, Squirtle. Uh, <laughs> Squirtle. <laughs> whatever the hell his name is, probably my favorite one of his bits in the movie. Because everyone except uh, Ma and Pop know, basically. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows. Well, no, they don't know the speed's in the race. He, oh, he, yeah, that's the point. It's like, because when, when, he, when, he, when he rats on him, it's because he just found out he was in the race. He's just trying to watch the cost country. Oh, yeah, because yeah, oh. his dad's like, he's skiing. Yeah, I'm. I'm very stupid. My apologies. Yeah, no worries. But, but either way, Pops doesn't want uh, him watching the race. Yeah, that's again the race where Rex died. And, the, so, and it, it's almost an element of this is a cross country race where there's cheating and there's these all these things because they still have this higher view of racing. This is down low below, even though that this is also happening in the uh, a lot in the other one. But it's 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 not hidden. It's not hidden as it is there as well. Mm-hmm. That cheating and death is okay in this race. And so that, that Pops, in essence, is still in that philosophy and that idea of, no, I have this better view of racing. We're not going to get down on that level. Right. And so you can't participate in watching that. Also, my son died there. <laughs> yeah. Again, that does. It's probably my favorite little squit, squirtle. Whatever the hell's name is. Joke in the movie. Spridle. Spridle. He he's trying to watch it, and Pop starts walking in, and 
super fast, like faster than the goddamn Flash. He picks up the remote, changes the channel, puts yeah, it back down. Yeah, I had to, I had to <laughs> rewind the, the movie and start it again just to watch him do Like, hold on. I was like, hold on a minute. What was that? And does lead to my favorite line of Spridles, which is, we're watching a show. But it's in German, German. not the monkey parts. <laughs> yeah, because there's a monkey on the show. Because <laughs> it's basically a documentary. It's named. yeah. Um, so meanwhile, at cross the cross country, we're learning out that they're refitting the Mach Five with weapons because this is a cheating race. Uh, and he has a whole bunch of weapons. He can jump higher. He has a gun. He has a bulletproof shield. He can replace his tires. He can add spikes to his, his tires. tires. He can. He has a shield for his tires. He has blades on the front. It's basically the Batmobile. Yeah. 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 Um, so man, thinking about all this, man, the Wachowski should have done a wacky racist movie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I would have loved the hell out of that. Well, they can direct the eventual Mario Kart movie. Oh, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, what they need to do is they need to make a, co- a movie adaptation of Wacky Raceland. The, the comics that, the comic that's Wacky Races meets Mad Max. <laughs> yes. Um... What was, what was it that we were saying during the... Oh, yeah, you it, was it you that said it... Or was it Sean that said that they needed to do an F-Zero? It was me. Mm, yeah, it was yeah, said F-Zero. F-Zero. Uh, we also get in... As the race is starting, we have some really cool 300-esque visuals of a woman walking out in the sunset with a gun. Really cool visuals. We see that all the racers are cheating and are paid off by uh, the mob to take out this team that is uh, uh, Tejo, Racer X, and Speed. It's three-man teams in this cross-country... A lot of pretty cool shots of everything on that, and we just get scene where you see all the drivers coming back and forth because everything has been speed racer centered. This is more of all drivers. We have a, a Viking team. We have a, a a woman that like women team that yeah. And, and we uh, have the mob again, yeah. basically. And then my favorite team because of the greatest name, Snake Oiler, um, <laughs> his team. And he, he literally just launches snakes. Do we ever figure out what his teammates are called? Nope. No. And they're not important. Snake one and snake two. Yeah, snake, snake, snake. Snake oiler, snake boiler, and snake toiler. Uh, <laughs> snake gets off. Snake oiler's team gets off to a big start, and they're lead, leading. Speed's team has to fight. We see a little bit of uh, Speed uh, and Racer X are kind of in uh, tune with each other and are able to fight off all these. Survive. They are in second. Uh, their team is in second behind Snake Oiler uh, going into it, but. Uh, as mad as Tejo is, we say they're fighting much. Uh, Speed says, we'll make it up on the hills. He's bad at turns. After this, this is probably the most car foo we get in the whole movie is because of the cross country. There's a lot of like scenes in the desert quickly mm-hmm. through this caves where there's just a lot of, it, it's entirely a, a race, but it is also a, a, a battle royale of esque. And it, it, yeah, it, it really, yeah, that's really, that really is what it is. The it, one the one thing that I do appreciate about this about this movie, and it really is noticeable in this scene, is that it does really translate very well from the original show to here to the movie. Like everything, it, it's a it's a really damn good a- adaptation, mm-hmm. uh, especially like visuals wise and costume wise. Uh, straight down to Trixie flying the helicopter over, and you know, and, yeah, and saying, speed, you're down bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. They're the coming up line. behind you, speed. Uh, so, doing, what is the one that she always says? It's like, uh, it's looking ugly out. Oh there yeah, it's looking ugly. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of nods. There's also my favorite moment in possibly the entire movie is uh, a guy flips is flipping over, and Racer X sees it, flips up, and just. 
punches him in the face. <laughs> which I, I, will, a car I will admit that was pretty. I, 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 it, it's I cheesy as hell, but I love that moment so much. Yeah, Razor, Razor X is the most badass person in this. Movie. Well, yeah, he's Batman. Yeah, uh, so we were we were talking about it earlier. He's Shadow to he's uh, Shadow to Sonic. Sonic. Except I like Racer. So. <laughs> uh, Here come the hate. Crimes. As the race is going on, I said uh, uh, Spridal is trying to watch cross country. Uh, Dad does not. Pops does not want it to watch. When Pops ca- catches him watching it, uh, he has just discovered that Speed is in the race. And Spridal rats him out like that, <laughs> really fast. So like, without uh, you know, a second thought, with uh, John, uh, with Pops going, no, he's skiing. <laughs> then who's driving the Mach Five? <laughs> and Pops is immediately like, everybody grab your stuff. We're taking, we're grabbing Speed and taking him off. So after the race, uh, Speed and Trixie are eating a meal, and uh, Speed. Uh, puts on his full conspiracy hat and goes, look, I was really in tune with Racer X there. I'm pretty sure Racer X is my brother. My dead brother. You don't, you don't say, you don't think the guy named Racer X is Rex? Rex? Look, these are the guys... Racer X? Look, you couldn't put that together? Neo's clearly not the one. It's not like you can rearrange his name and make it one anyway. (laughs) Oh, crap, I never thought about that before. (laughs) Uh... They get a knock at the door and someone says, "Are these? do you know these people? Uh, to which Speed sees his entire family. Got there really fast. They, they got there very that. fast. Look, they build cars. I think they can... They can... I, I just like to imagine that their flight got delayed or whatever until Pop straight up grabbed the flight attendant and was like, get us on the plane. Look at it. Pop <laughs> says, we're going home. Speed is like, no, I'm not going to... Uh, I'm not going to leave. Uh, Pops initially threatens, uh, then you're not a part of this family. Uh, to which mom steps in and calms down and says, well, if he's going to stay here, we're staying here. To which then Pops angrily, despite being angry at speed, you did some things to the Mach 5. It's not running right, is it? It's drifting a little bit to the left. I was going to say, and speed equally pissed off is like it's drifting to the left. (laughs) So Sparky and Pops go to fix the car uh, and everyone stays here. Uh, But don't worry, the mafia needs to take them out. Uh, uh, Royalton has called uh, the mob boss uh, and uh, is mad that they are even still around. And so he's like, don't worry, I'll take care of them. And that's where we have ninjas. Instead of like a sniper rifle or Ninjas. Something. Uh, and, yeah, because, you know what, if you guys are going to use the anime excuse, oh, I'll use I was, it too. I was, because anime. Oh, I, was I wasn't complaining. <laughs> I seen rocks. I was going to say, I wasn't complaining. I was just saying. Uh, ninja, it's the same logic as Attack of the Clones where... And pro- where Palpatine needs to kill someone, so he sends Dooku, who he sends, sends Jango, who sends, sends another Jango. assassin, who sends worms. Yep. Um, <laughs> one of the ninjas drops some liquid into Tejo's mouth uh, from the bagni, and then another one is about to inject uh, Speed with something in a serum or in a, 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 a syringe. Syringe. There we go. Uh, and, but Spridal falls off the couch, wakes up, and screams, which is able to then speed wake up, and the fight ensues. Which, you know what, never mind, I hate Spridal, because that motherfucker can sleep like a baby on a couch. Fuck you, Spridal. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, the fight ensues, which has some legitimately kind of funny moments. Sparky tries to grab and subdue him, only to get his shit kicked, which is a running gag. Both in the movie, but very much in the show. Uh, <laughs> Sparky tries. <laughs> uh, Speed holds himself, holds his own. Uh, but this wakes up John Goodman, 
uh, and Pops comes in, uh, and we find out that Pops is actually a wrestling champion as the ninja gets grabbed by him, and he looks over at the ring on his hand that says and Racing Champions. Oh, no. <laughs> Which might be my unironic favorite line in the... Might, might be my favorite line in this movie. Just his little... Uh-oh. <laughs> but, no, I, but then after the... the, the like his, uh, John Goodman, like, spins him around like a pizza and then throws him out the window. And then it leads to the actual best line where the mom goes, are those ninjas? And, and Pops goes, more like ninjas. <laughs> and then basically goes, back in my day, ninjas were bad. <laughs> and you know which, what? Which means I want a prequel to this movie. I know it's over... Like fifteen years old, but I want a prequel to this movie where it's just pops fighting ninjas for. He's a wrestling champion, but fighting ninjas. <laughs> exactly. No, make but it, also knows how to build cars. No, make it like an '80s action movie that just happens to star like a de-aged John Goodman. <laughs> Good um, lord! But it's just a wrestling champion taking on ninjas and building cars. Tejo is poisoned and can't stand. So, uh, let alone drive, he tries to stand and immediately is proven that he can't stand. Uh, Racer X proven right. So they have a quick idea, uh, and uh, as they're driving up the hills and chasing, that Trixie is driving the car at this point. Yes. It is all though a setup as Tejo is pretending to be his sister while his sister is pretending to be Trixie, and Trixie's pretending to be him, which then ends up that the mob boss is on the plane uh, and trying to, to, to either kidnap or assassinate the sister, uh, but uh, instead it's a man, uh, and uh, the mob boss loses that fight. <laughs> And I wanted to be a dick and be like, yeah, this is directed by two trans women, you say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then as they get through the race, they get ahead and they go into a cave with no cameras to make the switch off. Tejo uh, brings the mob boss because, you know, stowaway. But, oh gosh, the mob had it was prepared. They had a sneak attack prepared Uh, because you changed our plans. So we're changing your plans away from the plans you changed. Plans. And, and, and admittedly, before that, Racer X. Funny line oh, is yeah. a different thing, but Racer X probably has my favorite badass line. Where it's like, do what he would do, break his legs and make him walk. And it's like, god damn. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then the mob boss like turns it around on him. He's like, break his legs and make him walk. And I it looks like, like all is dire, but don't worry. Spritel once again hidden in the trunk and has been in this as all this chaos has happened. He's been I somehow on. survived. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just having. I just thought about that. He survived that uh, being thrown around in the trunk. The whole. How does he? Oh my! It's cushioned. Look, it's cushioned. Spritel has had many, many, many concussions. Uh, and it's it's that not what explains. And Spritel shoots his uh, uh, slingshot, but that's not what gets them the advantage. It's when Chim Chim throws some cookies. They are not real cookies. Anyway, uh, at this point... Yeah, that uh, was the biggest groan that this movie yeah, got even, when the mob even, boss gets literal shit thrown at him. Yeah, that even even I, as an apologist of this movie, I always roll my eyes at yep. that part. Like, God. Uh, but then uh, we get repaid with some really cool fight scenes that include Speed Racer using uh, John claude Van Damme's splits. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Razor is... X absolutely pummeling every human being around him. Uh, Pops, Pops again picking up and throwing action. everybody. And Sparky once again being unable to do anything. Even Trixie gets in on the action. Yeah. I do appreciate There's it. actually a really cool scene with Trixie and Speed back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah that again right, shows that they're in sync. Uh, we then... Uh, and then Speed turns to Trixie, are you Rex? <laughs> <laughs> but Snake Oiler has taken the lead in all this. They all jump in their cars and start racing again uh, and trying to catch up to the Oilers. But they're now going into the cave, the cave where Rex died. Uh, and Speed is a little shook up. 
uh, you know, as you would be racing into the cave where your brother died. Your died, yeah. Uh, uh, they are able to take out Snake's two uh, other drivers that are remain nameless because they are not important to this no, movie. No, Snake 1 and Snake 2, we already established Ah, uh, yes. Uh, but Snake deploys his most nefarious thing. An oil slick. What? The guy named Snake Oiler using oil? Yeah, no. Snakes. Oil's a snake. He's very... That's all he has, and, but he makes the uh, most of it. Which causes speed to spin out right as they're leaving the cave and go off the cliff. Which, this is the moment that will probably... I mean, the whole movie probably... But this is the moment that will either make or break the movie for you. Because speed puts the spikes on his tires and starts driving down the cliff and then up another cliff. Then jumps off the cliff, up a cliff, and jumps up. And he's driving up the cliff face! Which, and I think, as we get WWE-style announcers in this. I was going to say, which will be the moment where you're either like, I'm done, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen, or you'll be like me, where you're like, that's the most badass shit ever. More and movies need to do this. And I think, Thomas, you could probably tell my, by my reaction, I lean towards the former. That yeah. scene, I just went, what is happening? The coolest thing that has ever been filmed in cinema. Anyway, um... <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to that. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> basically every movie, Mason's gonna be asking, So, Sean, is What's this cooler, cooler than Speed Racer? <laughs> and the answer will always be no. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, at this point, Speed Avengers is able to... Endgame, out- fuck that shit. <laughs> Speed Racer driving up a cliff. <laughs> That's A- the- Avatar. Fuck that shit. Is it wrong Speed that I get a little more hyped with Speed Racer driving up a cliff than I do with Captain America picking up the hammer? What? <laughs> you can't even joke about that. Come on now. I'm not joking when I say I don't get more hyped with Speed Racer driving up the cliff than Captain America picking up the hammer. I do get more hype at the ending, but that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we'll get we'll burn that. Speed outjules Snake Oiler, uh, and uh, there's a there's a a great moment when Snake crashes uh, and he's driving off. The announcers instead of saying like, "Cause Snake is trying to cheat," you know, with a gun, a literal gun in his hand, that's shooting. Yeah, he's just straight up tries to fucking. And the announcers instead of saying it, they're just like, "With the power of evil and this gun I found." <laughs> uh, there's a hilarious thing as the announcers are just like, "Huh, he went a little crazy. Must be the altitude sickness or something the- like that." Which Again, is- highlighting that. Everyone knows they're cheating. They're okay with the cheating. I was going to say, again, you could even make that lean towards... Oh, wait, this isn't fixed. This isn't... This is one of the races. Mm-hmm. Never mind, I'm a dumbass. But, <laughs> but it is that the, the, the announcers in all the races are in on the fixes, you know? Right. So, we get we win the race. Uh, Royalton is phone calling someone who then makes him pay a lot of money for shares... Oh, it turns out Tejo was just using speed in Racer X. There was no file. He's just, he was just trying to get uh, the stocks up stocks up for his company and help his dad. Which Basically, this is a plot from his dad. Which even Mason agreed that Speed had the proper reaction of being pissed the fuck off and going <laughs> and, to drive. And just going to, yeah, just driving. Just driving away. Uh... At his time trial, at his basically time trials that he was driving around, but surprise, Racer X knew where he was, and uh, they duel. Uh, they do a little duel. Speed in enrage, like knocks him hard, and then realizes, "Oh God, did I kill him? <laughs> oh no!" And he's like, "Hex, hex!" And then Racer X is like, "Ah, kid, I haven't been slapped around like that in a long time." Yeah, and we we get the big reveal. Speed's like, "I know who you are. Stop clowning around." 
Show me who you are, Rex. Razor X takes off his hat to reveal a completely unrelated person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fox. I was just like, what? <laughs> that that cracked me up because we we watched this. Mason had his first time watching it, and we watched it with our friend Chris. So I made a joke, like, and it's a completely unrelated person. And Chris was like, oh, that'd be funny. And then it was. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? Wait, I thought, we were, I thought you were joking. I thought I knew. Rex, and Racer What? Yeah. Uh, it's telegraphed the whole way, but they do a good fake out here. Uh, and uh, Racer X gives uh, Speed some advice, uh, you know, and basically ends, you know, whenever you figure it all out and you become what you're supposed to be, I hope I'm there to see it. He gives advice. We mentioned Fast and Furious a lot, but it is genuinely the Fast and Furious one mm-hmm. line. It's not the car, it's the driver kind of Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that Fast and Furious one? That, uh, the, there's... It's been said in Fast and Furious. It's, it has. I think in I think in Fate of the Furious. It was was it Fate? It was like, oh it was God, I hate that one. <laughs> she was uh, like, it doesn't matter what it all matter. All the only thing that matters is who's behind the wheel. So Speed uh, Speed is now ready to repeat the past, and he is going to leave uh, and go off and, and and figure out how he's going to fix this world. A lot of parallels between mm-hmm. this scene and the one before when Rex. There's even left. so much though when Spryle comes in and says, "Can I go with you?" Speed for a second sees uh, himself asking Rex in. Yeah. And as he's leaving, instead of John Goodman's pops getting mad, he says, uh, I'm not going to stop you from going, but will you please sit down and talk with your dad one time before you leave? Yeah, which, this is a great scene. So. This is what, pretty this is one of the reasons why I absolutely love this film, uh, is, is this scene, and also the scene earlier with the mom, is a lot of times in kids' movies, the big conflict in the movie is usually parental mm-hmm. and the mo- this movie isn't there's no conflict parental yeah there's a little bit here and there of arguments but this it's is like the, the main conflict yeah yeah it's not the main conflict little things will happen here and there but this movie is about parents who made a mistake in the past uh or one of the the, the storylines this is is they made a mistake in the past and they've learned from it and they're not going to make that mistake again and it's about gro- growth as a family so much of this movie is about coming together as a family and growing as a family and accepting everyone as a, as they are, and that's one of the interesting things in this is basically, John Goodman's basically telling his son, "I don't care if you're gay. I love you." <laughs> I mean, Eraser. Sorry. Directed part by of, the Wachowskis. You part say. of me really wishes he did say that. And Speed was like, "What? What? Oh, wait. I mean, <laughs> um, Speed basically saying, uh, "I know the, the, there's a great line in it that I wish more parents would say when their kids turn 18." Uh, a simple line of. I know that a kid, my, your kid's got to leave the house at some point. I just hope you'll come back around. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, that might be why this movie impacted me, because that's almost verbatim what my dad said. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that wow. that's why this movie did impact me a little bit the second time I watched it. You know it. what? That's fair. Yeah. Uh, as, as they're finishing up their conversation, there's a knock at the door. Hiroku, uh, uh, oh, no, the sister. For some reason, I thought it was Inspector Detector. Again. No, we'll see Inspector Detector again in a little bit. Don't yeah, worry. That's right. My bad. But Hiroku comes in and she's upset at what uh, Tejo and their dad did, you know, and she says, Here's the Grand Prix invitation that uh, he won. He's going to decline it, but if you show up at the at the Prix, the rules say you, ha- you are allowed to race. Yeah. Which does seem like a little bit of like last minute bullshit to be like, You're, you're still, you're still in the, it's, you're, there's nothing in the rule book that says a dog can't, can't play, play basketball. basketball. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. that sort of thing. And it's 
you kind of you, that's one it, you can kind of it's a, it's, it's a movie thing and, and, it, and it's, a kids it's a, movie thing mm, especially it's a kids movie thing a sports movie thing and a mm. movie thing in general hey look so you actually do get to make the big yeah. race uh, yeah. to which uh, uh, Sparky uh, comes out, that's only a couple days away Sparky what are you doing back there well everyone else is back, back here, here. <laughs> and turns out that this is a very loving family and all of them were there listening they were, but again, they're, the thing that's great is they're all loving, but they're also in that listening. They did not come out ever in the fight or anything before it or the conversation before. They didn't try to also come out to stop speed. They were going to respect speed. They just were there to listen and help if they could yeah. be. And that's something that's really key in this movie about this family is they're not here to to like change to, to change each other in the family. They're here to love and respect each person in the family and always let you know I'm here. Yeah, I including, love the way the family's that's portrayed. That's fair. This. Yeah, you know Inclu- what? That's fair. Including yeah. Trixie, who I guess just lives with them. Yeah, like, <laughs> pretty much. She decided when she was a kid that she was in love and speed, and, oh. and, then, and then they just moved in. That's it's like, it. Yeah, and I want that scene. That's the latest scene. I want Speed just coming home. Hey, mom, this is my girlfriend. We're living together now. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in first grade, and here. Um, Where are your parents? They're dead. <laughs> Oh, we didn't mention earlier, but like when we first introduced a Trixie, uh, he brings her home. There's a bomb that explodes in the that house. That did happen. And, that did happen. And Trixie's response is cool beans. Yep. Assassination and, is cool beans. And I really wish that Speed had a line like, oh, God, I love you. After that. <laughs> um, well, I mean, they basically they were do children, like, but still. I, I know, but still, it would have been funny. But like, uh, again, I say Pops just has the best lines in this movie because earlier on, it said, like, it turns a, a Royalton said, it turns a chassis, or chassis, whatever, into a actual running car in 36 hours. And Pops is, and Pops is like, how long did it say it takes? Bridal's like, 36 it's hours, we'll do it in 32. 32. Like, just to say, fuck you. Just a great <laughs> moment there. And they start, they start building this car, the Mach 6. To the to remix music of the original. Mm-hmm. I really yeah, also, yeah. while you're just seeing like the Grand Prix being set up, Royalton's unveiling his new car, which, which looks ugly. ugly. I was going to say, there's a lot saying fuck. about corporations making things. And Tristine, you know, there, there's also maybe some statements on the industry of corporations controlling uh, the film industry a bit, you know, and how yeah. things don't look weird. This colorful movie. Um, I, I was going to say, like I. <laughs> I know the point is that it looks ugly, but by God, it, it is looks ugly. ugly. Uh, <laughs> that it, and Cannonball Taylor's going to race in this car. It's setting all up. Tejo's all there. We're then going back to just the family building the car together. The, the whole family's there. Even Mom. Now, she'll, you know, spend time, you know, uh, uh, fixing things, but she'll then make them sandwiches to keep their <laughs> energy Which up. Which I like to imagine still have grease in them, but none of them mind. I just find that idea funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they arrive at the Grand Prix. Uh, and of course, there's quick objections of... And and this, like, hey, they can't go in. It's too late. And this is when Inspector Detector comes back. That's right, because he basically He's like, it's a valid invitation. There's nothing in the rule book that says a dog can't yeah, lay there. Um, and he basically threatens him with like, yeah, if you deny this, I will have to basically investigate this whole thing. Which is basically code for, I'll find you out, bitch. I will <laughs> shut this whole thing down. Which, of course, Royalton's like, but money! Uh, <laughs> and so, Speed is allowed in. He There's now back the right number of racers. There's a great uh, scene when he's announced uh, on there that Tejo and his, his dad look at the sister, who then just like slowly just drinks. It's a really good shot. And which, a great, her... her 
she does a great job using her eyes for acting in this movie. Yeah. Like oh, she doesn't yeah. have a lot of lines, oh, but she does yeah. a very good Absolutely. job using her eyes. I, I will say it does. Te- Tejo does have a part here because you think he'd be pissed, but he smiles because he's like, "Okay, clever." And then you realize, "Oh shit, no one likes that it's rigged." Yeah. yeah. So speed. So speed being there. Well, is essentially, uh, well, uh, the rich guy he likes it. Well, yes, but, Aside, the, but no one cares about. No, it. no, one, <laughs> the non-riches are just going along with it because it is is, is putting money in their pocket. But they're but, they're not enjoying it. They're losing yeah. the spirit of it. But and what? Speed. Wait. So the the elite enjoying something that the non-elite don't. Hmm. Yeah, but symbolism sp- in my Speed Racer movie. But speed being there is basically a way to finally break that chain. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and we really see that as they're getting ready for the race. Uh, speed is really nervous. Basically, Royalton says, "I'll give a million dollars to whoever not takes him out before the first lap." Yeah, he's, I'll take him out he's, the getting, locker room. he's getting looks in the in the. That's that's one part that I do like when he just shows up and everyone's looking at him like. Like, the guy, yeah, the, we're, the we're, menacing we're, one dude that's in the shot that was in a lot of the trailers of him shaving his face, yeah. and staring at Speed Racer. But we get to the to the actual start, uh, and Speed's got some jitters, and yeah, yeah. but his good old pal Sparky is there to settle him down. Yeah, uh, with a really just nice little. Again, Sparky is not related by blood in this instance, he's, but he's, he is a part of the family, and again, showing that respect of like basically they're saying like, win or lose, it doesn't matter. You've changed things. Yeah, yeah. Even they even say, like, I forget who says it. I think it's Racer X. Mm-hmm. says, like, it doesn't matter. You being here has impact. Yeah, and we, Racer X is up in a suite talking uh, with his... The, we return to the lady who said he's going to be very good. We get to see her again. I was going to say, no, like, yeah. like, she shows up just this uh, one Royalton in the movie. Royalton tells uh, uh, Cannonball Taylor that uh, I've put a spear hook on your, tra- on your car. I don't need that, just in case. Yeah, which I, I don't know if either of you guys have seen this, but it gave me very Running Man vibes. Mm-hmm. Never seen it. Uh, there's a scene that's basically the exact same thing where Arnold Schwarzenegger has taken out all the guys and they're about to send out the last guy. And he's like, I don't need all this junk or that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good enough to do this. Uh, spoiler alert, he's not good not enough to do this. Uh, and immediately, same way ended immediately as the race begins, immediately the cheating shenanigans, someone slams on their brakes in front of speed, gets him caught. But he's quick and he jumps out of the way as someone's literally coming to try to destroy him. As you do. Yeah. Because winning's not important. A million dollars for knocking him out is more important. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Speed is getting through all of the uh, the shenanigans. Uh, you know, for immediately other people should... Get the should, procedure. Uh, other people should notice, you know, if you were in this race and be like, Nah, it's a completely good race. There's no shenanigans, whatever. What are those? Ignore the spikes. Don't worry. The spikes in <laughs> the, the Grand Prix. That, um, is, that, is, that, that, that is really interesting that, like, the underground race has, like, the the reputation of, like, oh, this is where everyone dies and stuff. When the when the top race isn't that much It's better. because they're all just turning a blind eye to it. And they're saying this is good. They're saying that we're above it. But everyone knows that it's not. And this is really portrayed through the the announcer who is, uh, uh, is the racer from the 34... 43rd Grand Prix. Yeah, I, ugh, crap, I forget his name. Uh, ben Burns. Ben Burns, yes. Uh, and, and he, immediately you can see, as he's announcing it, he's basically talking more and more because he's been a part of the cheating. He has been okay with the cheating and the, the okay with the fixing, but you can see the excitement of somebody here is not a part of this 
and they're going to break this, and which, that's where the excitement is. Which is something I like that, again, everyone except Royalton wants Speed to win. Even if they know it's going to fuck him, they're like, come on, kick his ass. Like, uh, <laughs> And so we get to the front of the race. Uh, Cannonball Taylor and Speed are going neck and neck, and they're fighting, and we got some wonderful car foo, and uh, Speed is able to get ahead of him, uh, and it looks like he's just going to run away at this point. But Taylor, being that he's upset at all of this, because look, he has accepted this status quo. He has accepted this, and he can't go back. You know, he can't. If it's run as rigged, does any of his championships matter? Mm-hmm. So he uses the spear hook. His family notices the spear hook immediately, uh, but it's a great moment here of Speed being the person that can realize, oh, okay, what can I do to stop this, or what can I do to, to make this fix? Oh, there's a camera there. I'm just going to jump in front of it, which uh, uh, it loosens the spear hook. It shows the spear hook to the whole audience and the people who have known that there's cheating and all these things, but now have a reason to cheer for someone who's not, not in a part of it. Yeah. yeah, which even the audience, like the audience doesn't, because a lot of the audiences probably aren't watching the underground stuff mm-hmm. with a very, more obvious cheating. cheating yeah. And the, so the audience sees the cheating and they're like, Hey, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I, it is interesting to me to think that, like, because those cars are going stupid. Hundreds things. of miles an hour. Yeah. How did they notice the going that quickly across the camera? It's, pro- it's not like going, it's, it's one of those that, like, it was, it's probably just taking pictures like a bunch, and so it's a quick freeze frame. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, it, it probably, again, this movie does not care for physics uh, at all. So. Really? The movie really? Yeah. Really? Uh, to which the cars wreck. Uh, but the spear hook did, did some damage on it. Cannonball Taylor's out, but all the other racers are passing speed, and his car is not starting. To which we start to get some flashes. Uh, you know, Sparky's trying to go through some things on him, and Speed says, "Quiet, quiet." And we flash back to Rex telling him to just listen to the car while he was a kid driving. Which also then you see Racer X saying the same thing. Just listen, kid. There's also a great scene of uh, uh, Mom asking uh, Pops. Uh, uh, is there something he can do? Well, if he, you know, puts if he goes, if he goes into fifth, fifth gear, he can jump. Jump that. Would he, he know, know that? that? <laughs> <laughs> Would Sparky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's essentially a hack. Like, yeah. Uh, and then Speed Racer has the heart of the car uh, and hears it and kicks it into gear, and then basically we start Thomas's favorite scene. <laughs> Not just my favorite scene in the movie. This is one of my favorite scenes in cinema. And this I'm scene is serious. so good. And, you know, and, I, and I thought about when you said that and thinking back on the scene and like, if it, w- and, I, and I completely understand where you're coming from on it, but from my perspective, like if it didn't have the buildup at the beginning with all the flashbacks and everything, it's just another racing scene. In okay, my, in but my it's opinion. the flashbacks that make that, it. It's dude. the emotions. Yeah. The emotions That's of this fair. scene the because the, the race is not important at this point he's just destroying cars as, left and as, right as he's faster because at this point speed's already won yes yeah it he's, doesn't it does he, not matter if he wins the race at point this is just him doing this thing he's, he's shown the spear hook everyone knows he's the everyone knows really him winning is just one big fuck you to royalton yeah which is why he's still like stop him and um the the use of colors here is not to like it's just basically uh, you see as he's driving he's the racetrack is just kind of blowing up behind as he is basically blowing up the status quo as he's going across that he is he's faster at this point he's better than everybody uh, left on the race 
everything that we know is is ending, yeah. uh, that we know is ending, and he has actually succeeded. That his belief, that his belief uh, in this is actually the right belief. <laughs> yeah, on top of the fact that that's just how much passion, how much mm-hmm. love he has for the sport, that it's basically getting put into the car, mm-hmm. and he is going that fucking fast. Yeah, like he's breaking. Yeah. He's the breaking the car too, because as we see, as he is, as I was say, as he gets to the end, his car. Barely scoots across the finish line as it is dying. <laughs> yeah. It, it barely scoots across, and you see my favorite little detail in the movie. The rubber on the tires is melted. Yeah. Like, that is how fast he was going. Because for the longest time, I thought it was oil. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, the car's hurt. No, someone pointed out, no, that's the rubber from the this, tires dripping down. This, this tire is... And he like, destroyed the car. That's just how fast he's going. It's all the emotions, the end, and the last bit. Um, And then... He wins. He's the champion. Uh, uh, Elon, to, uh, I mean, drink. Royalton is mad. He gets uh, to drink the milk. He gets to drink the milk. Uh, he celebrates with it, uh, everybody. Uh, but we get also a shot, uh, as Royalton's very mad, we get a shot of uh, Inspector Detector coming back uh, and uh, asking Racer X, uh, well, my men are taking the family down. Do you want to go with them? And he says, uh, uh, No. And then as he's walking away, Spider Detector asks him, do you regret how you did everything? Where we get the twist that was revealed, the twist, but wasn't the revealed. The twist but then, of the twist. That the it twist is, in fact, that it Rex, actually is Rex. That he faked his death, that he faked the car, and then he had reconstructed surgery to come back face. as Racer X uh, to basically be able to try to bring down the corruption. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, that he was willing to basically be he basically, oh, this movie hadn't come out when it came out. He's basically, Racer X is Batman at the end of Dark Knight. Basically. And so we he's, get that. He's, he's not the hero we deserve. He's, he's the not one. the racer we deserve, but the racer we need. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, but he doesn't, he's not going to go down and celebrate with the family. They're not going to know. And he's going to do it from the shadows. Uh, and it's a good little moment. Uh, then the family are all there celebrating, uh, a, you know, a good uh, a moment of uh, Pops telling him, I'm proud of you. Uh, hug from mom. And, of course, we're going to get the promised kiss. Oh, Sprite has to ruin it one last time. Yeah, uh, that was the one thing. That was another moment that's that made one me... Of, that that's one of corona. two... I was going to say, one of two moments in the movie that really does make me roll my eyes. This is a very much... I, by the way, you're in a kids' movie moment. Uh, that they're going to be... That they had to that they had to break the fourth wall once here. and uh, this, I, it, this is the thing in all of it that I would have cut. Yeah, and it's it's Spritel comes up and tells them warning that the scene coming up has cooties. Yeah, and again, I get it for kids; it's probably funny, but mm-hmm. I'm watching it and it just makes me realize. And I, yeah, I'm not. It, it doesn't. It doesn't fit the tone of the movie either. There's no, they've there's never, never stopped a, the movie for anything. At there's any point. never a fourth wall break. Yeah. Scene. So yeah, that's. To be honest, though, out of everything, if that's the one thing I would cut. Then. Yeah, that's my thing. I would cut, uh, but he gets his kiss. Uh, we see that uh, with n- quick little newspapers, Royalton goes to jail. Uh, that they have that they turned over and had all the connections to the mafia, and that racing is saved. And, and that's, then that's that's certainly where the movie. And that's is. the movie. We get a hip hop rendition of Speed Racer, and then some really good uh, renditions of the original. I was going to say, I hate the hip hop version, but the actual musical rendition. Yes, really it it it's a lot of it, uh, but that's Speed Racer. It's, a movie that yeah. Thomas and I love, and Mason. Listen, hey, hey, listen Mason's listen, middling. Listen, listen, listen. Look, I'm going to give Mason okay. before Mason says anything. I'm going to give him this. You can tell in Mason's voice throughout this podcast that while he may not love this movie, 
he has grown a little bit of appreciation for this there movie. Are, there are things in this movie that I like. It's not a... I don't... I, mean, I don't really like the movie as a whole, but there are parts in it that I like. I just wish it wasn't wrapped up in, like, sh in like sugar high levels of CG, mm -hmm. just draped over it. That makes it completely unwatchable. You know, it's it's just. Well, so Mason's the Mason's most of the audience. Yes, like, that's the the, the audience that watched it. In the theaters. audience that watched it in theaters kind of had the same response. Mm -hmm. So, so let, let let me let me let me explain and to this. I'm way. not saying that as a bad thing. No, no, no. Yeah, I I understand it, but let, let let me put it this way: watching this movie gave me the very same reaction that watching The Great Gatsby gave me, where that movie has fantastic performances, great casting, and all that. But just also the, very well edited. But, but it's, just it's a the, but just film. The, I love his editing. But just the presentation of it all and how it's put on screen just. It, it, it melts my... I made a joke about it earlier. It melts my retinas. And it just makes it hard to watch. And it's not, it's not, that, I, it's not that I hate it or that I don't want to watch it. It's just... It, it just kind of turns me off from it a little bit. Well, this will lead in perfectly to uh, on this podcast that we like to ask two questions of every film that we watch. The first one is, how does this movie hold up? I Being mean, the newest movie we've watched at this point. It of, uh, is. Yes. Uh, at almost, uh, in a few months, we'll be 15 years old. I like that. That's the newest movie we watch. It'll be 15 in a few months. Sheesh. <laughs> I mean, eh, I mean... I think that I said, I think it's going to be very interesting answers. We kind of know what Mason's is, like, for what because they, the CG is going to be yeah. a problem then, it's probably not going to hold but, up And, you know, for, for, what they, for what they were doing, I think... At the time, I could see how this is a big technical marvel. It's just now looking back and watching it, it it's it just isn't. It's just not as impressive now as it was as it probably was then. I was gonna say for me, does the CGI hold up spectacularly? Not really. I made the joke. It kind of looks like Doctor Seuss. And I and I and I said this while we were watching it that it that it feels like a Robert Rodriguez movie with a big with a million dollar budget. <laughs> yeah, it's it it really is. Does the CGI hold up well? Spectacularly, not really. But in my opinion, the, the writing, the performances. I, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and. I know Mason disagrees, but I like the racing. Mm -hmm. So I think and that's that, yeah. the big make or break part of the movie. Shock of all shocks. There's a lot of racing and speed racer. So. Yeah, everything around this movie has aged well, except for the effects. See, here, here's where I'm going to disagree a bit on it. And I understand why, because I don't think the effects are, they haven't aged amazingly, but because they stylized it like a cartoon, I don't notice the effect problems. I don't notice those things. And I think that because the way they stylized it, it actually has aged better compared to some of the effects of the time that did things similar. Go back and watch something like Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, or uh, it was, you know, entire green screen work thing. Uh, I, I, I argue it holds... There's more CGI in this, so it's not really a fair comparison. But in terms of... And again, it's a very different style, but I'd say this holds up better than the aliens at the end of Crystal Skull kind of thing. Mm -hmm. so. Wasn't th this... Wouldn't this have been a, a year after Golden Compass? I, Golden Compass was... Yeah, oh seven. Yeah, this movie, this this movie's visuals. I may not like them. They hold up a hell of a lot better than they're, Golden Compass uh, does. Uh, there, there's, I forgot that movie existed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Thanks, Mason. Um, you know, yeah. that, that, that's one thing, I, that's another thing I'll give Speed Racer. I sure as hell won't forget it, like I did <laughs> and Golden I, Compass. I thought you were going to say that's another thing I'll give Speed Racer. It's, <laughs> it's not, not Golden, Golden Compass. Compass. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I'm not, uh, but I'm definitely not going to forget watching this movie like I did Golden Compass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the second question that we ask anytime uh, we watch a film uh, is what can modern movies take from this film? I would like to weigh in here on this. All right. As surprising as it may as it may seem, with how I've uh, taken this movie, I do believe that there is one major thing that this movie can take from that that other movies can take from this movie rather, and that is faithful adaptations. Because that yeah, that is that another thing that I'll that I'll praise it for. It is a very faithful Speed Racer adaptation. That alone, I kind of want to like. <laughs> yeah, because that's a, Mason that's, at least got yeah. That's. That's pitch perfect. That yeah, it's, pitch. It, it, if anything else, just don't shy away from the source material. Yeah. You know? uh, for yeah. example, uh, why I can agree with this uh, that you're saying there and also even expand on it is don't be afraid to let your stuff be highly stylized. Yeah. Uh, and, and even if maybe the people fit out weird. Like, you don't have to have the outfits, and obviously Speed Racer is... Not as crazy about fits as a lot of other animes, but for example, the world can still look the way you have it, and as long as you have the the characters buying into the it. absolutely, yeah. and so there can be small visual things that maybe aren't as there, but as everything feels and the heart is there like, of it of it, that will work. Like like we've complimented this movie a lot. How fucking lame would this movie be if like? It was just normal ass cars, normal ass uh, yeah. everything, and Speed yeah, Racer yeah, just had know, like a white jacket on. You know <laughs> that that is, you know that is that is one thing. That I, You're saying if they like, Dragon Ball Evolution to this? Yeah. I've actually I've ended up praising this movie more than I thought it would. It definitely didn't bore me. It That's, definitely, and it, if they went more with what you're saying with the cars just being regular cars and. All that it probably you might have gotten for speed then. Yeah, you would have gotten need for uh, speed, which is a very Christ, boring that movie. Sucks. Uh, <laughs> that's. That's, That's the thing that it can take. It's just, and also just something that we don't see from big budgets a lot of the times. I think because uh, Thomas mentioned this when we uh, talked about the room, uh, but the Wachowskis do everything with passion. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, and that is something in it. You can tell that when they picked a style, they stuck to that style the whole way through, aside from the cootie bit at the end, which <laughs> breaks the style a bit. Yeah. Uh, but that that is that is everything is in step. Whether they're in the cars or out, the style is always there. Well, you know, and they aren't afraid to maybe turn somebody off. You know, to say like, oh well, that's not my thing. Okay, cool. We're gonna make a crazy live action cartoon, and we're gonna emphasize the cartoon part of it less than the live action and, part. And of you it. know what? That's the thing that I can say. Take, don't be afraid to alienate some audiences. Obviously, don't alienate. Every, yeah, you don't want to be thirty but, million dollars in the hole. Yeah, <laughs> after you, you don't want but, to end up like Fan Four Stick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that might have also alienated its budget. But, but like, not everyone's going to like this movie. Mason doesn't. I don't think you hate this. Movie, I don't. But, no, I don't. I don't despise this. We are movie slowly yet. bringing Mason along. It's this movie. Just, we are working on it. It's just it's not. It's for now. Me. It's now gone from I hate it to it's mediocre. <laughs> it's, yeah, we'll it it's gone to it's gone to it's just not my thing. Yeah, but that's fine. It can just not be your thing. Yeah. But so many movies nowadays are so uh, 
are so focused on trying to hit the broadest audience possible. They try to please everybody. And yeah. when you try to please everybody, you, you end, end up pleasing, pleasing nobody. nobody. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Yeah. And yeah, so just don't be afraid to just do weird ass shit. Because this yeah. movie as its theme consistently is living in your passion, being what you are, and staying true to it. And a lot of times, big corporate movies that are just moving parts in a ever-ending, never-ending conglomerate uh, sometimes miss that passion. And they end up looking like Cannonball Taylor's car at the end. Mm-hmm. Sure, it maybe goes fast. Sure, maybe it's going to bring you a lot of money. But at its core, it's just ugly. So what do you guys think? Did you guys enjoy Speed Racer? Uh, are you in my camp of it is one of the best uh, movies of 2008? Or are you in Mason's camp of it is one of the movies? It is one of the movies of 2008. Well, you can uh, let us know. Uh, either by just typing down and commenting here in this Patreon. Or, you know, if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email to bleepyouplaying at gmail.com. That's bleepyouplaying at gmail.com. And we'll be back with uh, some more cartoons, I think. Some more cartoons. Uh.